Hey guys, and welcome to episode 280 of Built on Passion. I'm your host, Matt Delabuono, and this week we have on Ranger Ready co-founder, Chris Fuentes. Ranger Ready makes a highly effective Picardin insect repellent designed to be a much safer and much more effective bug spray than the average deep bug spray. Mosquitoes and tick bites aren't something to be taken lightly. Obviously, they can be a pretty big annoyance, but there are some really life-changing diseases that you're exposed to when you get bitten. Though there are plenty of bug spray options out there to help keep you protected, a good amount of them can still be fairly toxic to people, so you have to ask yourself, how can you actually protect yourself from exposure? That's exactly what Chris Fuentes and Ted Kenston hoped to answer when they started Ranger Ready. When Chris and Ted started Ranger Ready, they weren't just looking for the next project to work on. They wanted to tackle a major issue that desperately needed a better option. They found that Picaridin was the key to making bug spray way safer for both people and pets than your average deep bug spray. In fact, they even have the scientific findings behind it to back up their claim, and the results are fairly staggering. Ranger Ready has been meticulously tested for effectiveness and has a scientific guarantee of offering 12 hours of protection. They also just happen to be the bug spray of choice for some major organizations, including SpaceX and the military. And if that's not saying something, I, I just don't know what to tell you. In this episode of Built on Passion, Chris Fuentes shares what led him to dedicate himself to creating a better bug spray option, how they managed to stay committed to their mission, developed a devoted team leading to unparalleled customer service and satisfaction, and the how and why behind Ranger Ready. Do you own or do marketing for an outdoor travel, wellness, or fitness product company? If you enjoy listening to our podcast built on passion, have a brand of your own and are interested in joining one of Ready Yeti's upcoming giveaways, we'd love to have you. Our giveaway campaigns are a great way for you to gain exposure and build a targeted audience of potential customers. We've worked with hundreds of brands over the years, chances are you've probably seen our giveaways, and we've put together giveaways related to the outdoor fitness, wellness, and health spaces. If you're interested in partnering or joining one of our giveaways, just message us on Instagram. Our handle is at ReadyYeti. That's R-E-D-D-Y-Y-E-T-I. Just tell us you'd like to join one of our upcoming giveaways and someone from our team will be in touch. Remember, just message us on Instagram at ReadyYeti. That's R-E-D-D-Y-Y-E-T-I. All right, all right. Well, hang on one second before we actually jump into this episode. I just wanted to say thank you. Really, thank you for supporting everything we're trying to do. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being engaged, being curious, and just being there supporting the show. We work really hard to put together a really interesting show and have on guests that are truly doing something progressive, interesting, and building something truly special. If you are looking for a way to show your support and help us continue to do what we are doing, one of the biggest things you could do, and I know it seems like a really small thing, but is leave a review. Plus, it helps inform other people what your experience of this podcast has been like. So that's basically it. I just wanted to say a big old thank you to you, the listener. Please leave a review. It is extremely helpful. And uh, you look great. Chris, thanks for joining me today. Hey, man. Good to see you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. I'm really interested to sit down and chat because I, for what we are going to be talking today, it's a little bit different than the typical brand that we have on. To chat about cool but to kick it off to start 
Who are you and what do you do? Well, first, thanks for having me on. I'm a guy who has spent the last 40 years trying to invent a better product and make things work. And, you know, my background is a little different than most people. I, I grew up in Germany. I was born in in the 50s and I grew up in Germany in the 60s and 70s. My dad worked for the U.S. government for the defense of the of our country during the Cold War. So I grew up around the military. So I have this really interesting military background. I've always been fascinated around the military. And so part of it is understanding, you know, what military people need for their own safety and own protection. And that was one of the genesis of creating Ranger Ready. And that's where we've gone to some degree. As a marketer, I've tried to make products all through my career. You know, if you claim to be a product marketer and you say you're gonna be an entrepreneur, they're two different things, right? So working for a company and making a product a candle, a shirt, a tennis racket, or any other thing. It's pretty, it's not easy, but it's a its a task, right? But then switching over and being an entrepreneur and getting yourself to be the one in front of the frame and making it all happen on your dime and on your belief, it makes it a little more challenging. And I think that's been, for me, what's defined me, which is I wanted to come up and I love your passions in your title, which is you got to be passionate about what you do and you got to really want to sell it and do it. Because if you don't believe it, nobody else going to believe you. That's been my kind of my theory all along. It's it's interesting you say every now and again, I, I think about that as a concept. I mean, even with what I'm doing personally, one thing that I've been really thinking of in the past few months, especially just sicknesses going around, I should even say the past few years with COVID, there's more to life outside. There's more to life outside of work. And you got to, I mean, we all have to work in some fashion to stay alive. So to do something that your heart isn't in, it's almost like a like a waste. Well, you know, I, I sold a lot of product during my years as a marketer. You know, I, I worked for a company that sold bras and I helped sell a billion bras. So, I, you know, I've had a lot of strange experiences from candles to bras to tennis rackets to watches to, you know, you can imagine a lot of things I've sold over the years. And I think part of it is you have to bring a product to market that you is going to do something a little bit better than put socks in a drawer. And it's, you got to believe in the product that it has a better benefit. And both my partner, Ted Kest, and I wanted to do something that was going to be better for future generations. You know, we, we, the reason we invented Ranger Ready and, and it was a born by necessity is we raised our family just 50 miles down the road from Old Lyme, Connecticut, which is the, you know, the genesis and the, you know, the, the hotspot, the epicenter of Lyme disease in the United States. It's actually where it was discovered. And in the U.S. and and so what we what we saw was as I raised my family, everybody was getting Lyme disease. Our dogs were getting sick. People were getting sick. People weren't dying at that point. It was a very low death rate. But you know, as we started to understand it, and then not, then I got Lyme disease, and I ended up in the hospital in pretty severe shape. You know, and I was kind of like, this is not a good this is not a good thing. And I started to try and you know understand what's the problem here, and and the problem was is that the the amount of ticks in our population is just expanding so quickly because of climate change, and climate change is moving. You know, I don't know if you've been exposed to Lyme disease, Matt, but you know most people think Lyme disease is you know I don't have any deer in my backyard, so you know it's it's really not an issue, and deer do carry ticks. They do. It's not unknown. But it's really any warm-blooded creature outside, so squirrels and birds and rabbits and mice and anything that's warm-blooded. And, you know, sometimes I'm the bearer of bad news, but, you know, one of the things we're talking to people about now, and it's not always the best thing to say, but don't put bird feeders near your house. You know, you can't have them anywhere near your house because they attract migrating birds. And the ones who are moving these ticks the fastest and the widest are migrating birds. 
because they're coming down from Canada. That's why we're getting Canadian type illnesses, Powassan disease, which comes from Powassan, Canada, all the way down into the south is because the migrating birds are carrying the ticks. The ticks are then becoming adults and having, you know, nymphs again. And then they're being dropped off in Virginia, being dropped off as they come north. So bird feeders are really not a good thing for, for bringing, you know, ticks to your, to your yard or anywhere near your property. That's a change. It's different. That's wild, man. And it, it makes so much sense. Just yeah. like a simple concept. Five so- billion birds move back and forth between the North and the South every year. And they're carrying those diseases over mountains that they couldn't get over before. Many of those birds couldn't get over. We're seeing, we're seeing types of species of birds, and I'm not a bird expert by any stretch, but you know, way out of their range, even 20 years ago. And because of that, we're seeing the ticks move much more aggressively. And we had a very bad year for West Nile disease out in California, very bad year in Arizona. And it was driven by, because these mosquitoes bite birds that have West Nile disease, and then they bite you. That's the problem. And so, you know, the hurricanes that are coming up from the South, right? All those, those multiple hurricanes, every hurricane does exactly the same thing. It takes mosquito eggs from the water down where it collected it down in the Caribbean, down in South America, wherever it came up through the corridor, through Puerto Rico, through Cuba, through Dominican, it doesn't really matter. And those mosquitoes carry diseases that we really didn't have before. And so now what we're seeing is dengue fever emerge in Florida, which was really rare. And now it's, it's an issue in Florida. And so this is what we're trying to, you know, we talk about passion for something. We're really trying, our goal, our mission as a company is really straightforward. We want less people to be bitten by ticks and mosquitoes and get less disease than ever before. A half a million people every year in this country, in the summertime, it's 10,000 people a week get tick-borne diseases, mosquito-borne diseases, and a lot of them get really sick. And so that's where our passion comes from when you really want to kind of move things aside and say, hey, you know, what are we doing this for? We're trying to keep our kids outdoors. I have beautiful grandson and another one on the way. My partner has many grandchildren. Those kids can't play outside. They can't do what we did. So we need to help them. Man, talk about purpose-driven. You mentioned briefly, so Ranger Ready has been your passion project, your your baby, so to speak, for for a while, but it sounds like you had quite a bit of, I guess, career shifts before you landed with Ranger Ready. What was your background in before Ranger Ready to kind of get you down that path? I mean, I work for really cool companies. I, you know, I started out my career working on the pro tennis circuit for Head Racket Sports and had the chance to do really cool marketing with, you know, big brands like Adidas and Nike and do things like manage sailing brands for Nautica. I worked for Cannondale Cycles. You know, I had a really eclectic career. Most marketers through their career have multiple brands. Very rarely do you end up, you know, being the person who works on Coke for 20 years. And so part of it is being able to do things around the world. And my background has been launching new products that were driven by consumers. You know, a lot of times consumers don't know what they want, right? It's very hard to design a product that consumers actually don't know what's bothering them in the first place. And part of my background has been to do pretty sophisticated research and and really, really have big ears and really open mind and really outside the box thinking that allows you to disrupt markets, right? So if you go in and offer the same thing, it's not going to really work. And one of my sons was one of the startup guys for Uber. And, you know, you could see how that really, you know, that that disruptive mentality was so crucial to being able to reorganize 
you know, even property values changed in Paris because Uber could take you from the last metro stop, another quick Uber ride to the next town over and the property prices rose. So really different changes. And so one of the things I wanted to be able to do was was affect change in a really serious way. And if you do that, you have to do that by understanding what consumers want. And what we did is we discovered is that people don't like the bug spray in this country. You know, people really don't like it. And, and, you know, 100 million people a year use off and they use D. That's a lot of people who use the product every year. And we couldn't find a lot of people who liked it. You know, there was a couple of hunters and a couple of guys who said, ah, you know, I use it in the military, kind of, sort of, it doesn't matter, ruins my gear. But, you know, and part of the issue is, is that DEET not only ruins your gear, like your really beautiful watches and your iPhones and your really nice binoculars when you're outdoors or your anything that's rubber or any synthetic gear. You know, golfers hate using that product because it ruins all this synthetic gear. It, it eats through plastic. So then the other part is if you use it over an extended period of time, and we did all the desk research to understand around the world who was doing what they were doing. And so we looked at the armies first, right? So armies are masses of people who are outside, they're organized, they have duties, they have, we know where they are. And so we looked at the armies and what we realized, the only army who's really using deep 33% is the US. Everybody else is looking for alternatives, right? And if you look at the amount of DEET that has to go through your system to get 24-hour protection from these gigantic mosquitoes and anywhere, Iraq, Iran, you know, in the Middle East, anywhere, or in Asia, it's a lot. And so what we, re- what we learned was that other armies, the Canadian Army, the South African Army, the Australian Army, the New Zealand Army, the German Army, you know, they were all using different products. And the product that they were using was a, a product that was made in Germany called Picaridin. And it's just a much more effective, it's much more friendly, it's much better for your body, it absorbs at a third of the rate of DEET, it doesn't corrode stuff, you can use it on kids, you can use it on during pregnancy, you can apply it in 12 hours, every 12 hours and stay protected. And our goal was to protect people who had to be outdoors in uniform. And so we, we, we realized that we just, there was a better product available. And, and that's, how we, that's how we decided to bring it to the U.S. It blows my mind that we were kind of the, I guess, the last country to to really have this available. How did you develop this as a product? Was it more so facilitating getting something that existed and bringing it into the mainstream? Or did you come up with your own formulations for this? Well, you know, as an inventor, one of the things you realize is that everything you think you invented, somebody's already invented at least three times before. So if you think you're special, you're not. And so we realized that somebody had figured this out before us, right? And there was a a path that existed. And what we realized was the United States is unique in that DEET was developed by the United States military in 1946 and was adopted by the military. And it became off, became the number one brand. It became a market where we just sold millions of cans of spray cans of DEET. And everybody was pretty happy and making a lot of money, right? But what we realized in the United States, which was different to many other countries we discovered, was that people were getting bitten at just a much higher rate. So either they weren't using the bug spray or we had more bugs or the behavior was different. And what we realized is is that in other countries, they use picaridin and they use a much more aggressive approach to preventing bug bites because they're not afraid to use DEET. And this was over many years. And this has frankly been part of a 
you know, a large company versus little company versus, you know, big brother type thing. And we just decided, you know what, we, we can build a better product than we did. And so we, we actually did both, Matt. We, we took a product from another country, Germany, and we, it's a premium product developed there by Bayer and it's still made there in Germany. And we added to it. So we use premium alcohol. We all know what tequila smells like now because you can buy it out of a pump bottle, you know, from, so you can buy that stuff all the way down to super premium alcohol, which we have made, especially for our our product and brought in, you know, we store it in tanks and put it in there. We use high-end, super high-end fragrances and scents to be able to balance the the product so that it will go on your skin. We realized that if you hate the smell of bug spray, you were not going to put it on again. And then we realized that more than half the people don't want to smell like anything but themselves. So we developed for hunters, even especially scent zero, which doesn't smell at all. But we then also said, don't put it in an aerosol can because people hate aerosol cans. And what happens is in that aerosol can, you put the product in there, but 20% of it is isobutane. And isobutane is, it's a, it's a chemical that goes on your skin and it dries your skin out. And because you can't direct the spray, it, you spray a lot more product out. And because you have to have the isobutane, you waste the last 10%. And then you take that can to the tune of hundreds of millions of cans and you put them in a landfill. And so that experience wasn't very good. And so we realized we could make a better experience. So we created this 360 degree spray that sprays upside down so that you can spray in the back of your neck and the back of your legs without aerosol. And because this fine mist spray has a different aperture opening and a different design, it sprays. If you spray it like this, you'll spray this area and you can spray very efficiently so that this bottle here is 70 applications. And what you realize is it takes four cans of off for one bottle of recyclable product. And so the experience completely changes. And that's what we were looking for. And and that's what's happened, frankly, is people are, they love our product and it works. What went into testing something like this? I mean, it it seems like you, the concept of bug spray isn't necessarily a new one. So it's always at least digestible by people on that level, but did you have to do a lot of market research to kind of figure out the direction you wanted to take this, the tweaks you wanted to introduce? You know, it's funny. We didn't do a lot of product testing. We didn't do a lot of product testing because we do a lot of predictive behavior through understanding how people search on Google. So we understood what the problem was with, we could see the number of searches for specific words, for solutions, for brands, for products, for disease. And we did extensive research, understanding the language of search on Google, and we could see what the problem was. People were looking for better bug spray. It was that simple. And then what we realized also is is that we needed to make sure that we could do this well and communicate with people is we needed to see that, that the product that has been in use for 30 years in Europe that there was, it was efficacious, that there were no product issues, that it was well-made. You know, why was it functioning in Australia? Why was it working in Canada? And we went through all of the research, thumbs up, everything looks good, right? And then you don't get to do the testing, right? You have to prove to the EPA that an outside party does all the testing. So we have to provide full written studies, science proof, toxicology, everything to the EPA. And so that's why we have an EPA registration. If you see something without an EPA registration, Nobody checked it. And that's the main difference. So the proof there is then that the EPA, in order to be registered, has to have the scientific data proving that it actually says 
and does like when it says 12 hours on this bottle right here, they we have the science behind it that a mosquito doesn't bite you or a tick doesn't bite you for 12 hours because we have to make this claim. We're actually making a marketing claim that's backed by the EPA's uh, registration. So you get to do some of that. And then, Matt, frankly, we did some really interesting testing and all of our really good testing has come by coincidence. So the first interesting test that we've had was a corpsman in Chesapeake Bay, Virginia. He went out and bought our product from a drugstore and he bought many products from the drugstore. And he said, you know, we just cannot get bitten anymore. And that corpsman works for the training center for the Navy SEALs. It's the covert operation training center for the Navy. And he bought one bottle and then he last year bought I think 40 bottles of our big <laughs> X, you know? Oh yeah. And he said, I'm going to test them, right? We don't call because we're not, you know, we respect the privacy of the military and et cetera. So he called again about four months ago and he said, well, it worked. And they ordered enough to secure 18,000 applications for soldiers on their body and 5,000 applications on their uniforms because they tested it. And so when you get when you get that kind of authenticity and you go, hmm, that works. And then several months ago in the beginning of the season, you know, we, we got another call from a company called SpaceX. And SpaceX has an amazing launch facility in Brownsville, Texas, right? It's right on the border of Mexico. And it's out on the jetty. It's really out, you know, there's tons of crocodiles and all kinds of stuff going out and snakes. And it's not very happy, you know, cool place there. Great place to build a launch pad if you want to launch rockets. Also, the buggiest place on the planet. And so the SpaceX guys, every single employee who works there and they work out 24 hours a day outside, they use Ranger Ready because that's what they selected. He, again, he bought it from a drugstore. And it, it, I think part of this whole proof in what we're doing is, is that people like Sea Island, who was built, it's a beautiful resort in Georgia. It's changed the way their resort is because they're, they're built on a swamp. There's lots of bugs. And that's where our, our authenticity has come from. The testing has come from is really letting real people. And one of our biggest initiatives this year, and, and I'm really excited that we're working on this, is we are, uh, are growing in state parks. So state and national parks, Yellowstone and Sequoia, and, and we're now in over 200 parks. And we expect to be in many more. And we're in nine states. We expect to be in many more states this year, helping protect state park employees helping protect the patrons who come to those parks every year. And this year, especially in 2021, 800 million visitors went to state parks. They were really exposed to tick-borne and mosquito-borne diseases and chiggers and flies that bite them. And a lot of, a lot of disruption outdoors comes from nuisances of ticks and mosquitoes and things like that. But the truth is they also carry disease. And so we're launching a really amazing initiative, and I, I can't really give more details to that because we're just out and working on it now. But, you know, protecting the people who work in our state parks and the millions of people who visit them is part of our strategy to stem the high tide of vector-borne disease. We're backing it up with our, with our time and our money and our products. Wow. For starters, congratulations on landing such huge clients. I mean, the military and SpaceX alone are like, that's... Of course, I know who SpaceX is. That's insane. Well, you know, it's, it, but that was, I didn't find them. They found us. That's the beauty of it, you know? And that's, I feel like that's even more special. I mean, it sounds like I was, I was actually going to ask, like, how do you have, you know, how do you relate Ranger Ready to people? Like, how do you 
I guess, display your product, get it on the shelves, get it in front of people. It seems like by virtue of just having it up there, people are finding you. Well, we're a digitally native brand. We, we built Ranger Ready to be digitally native and we, we built it to connect with you and with each consumer individually. And, and I can't tell you how many handwritten notes. I mean, we send out, we're passing the 100,000 order type thing. It's quite complex now. It's not the way it used to be. And <laughs> I, you know, I, I write several hundred handwritten notes to customers who have ordered multiple times or people, you know, I write and we give them little pins and we put stickers and everything. And we really make it a personal experience because we want you to be protected. We want you to keep buying from us and we want you to build on that relationship. And what we found, which is really part of our success is 40% of our purchases are already coming from repeat customers. People are buying two and three and four more times. So part of this whole thing is we market to the people that, like us and have tried us. And what's happened is it takes a long time for you to change your toothpaste, man. I've realized I can't get you to change it. So <laughs> you know, it's going to take a long time for me to get you to change your bug spray, but it happens one season at a time. And what's crazy about our business is all of our business, 80% of it happens in four months. So it, if you're not in right in place in May and June, and you're right there, you, you miss the boat. Kind of makes sense. I feel like, I mean, even just going off of when you're explaining the product development, you have the backing of it being tested enough where it, it can be proven. You know, you're, you have a kind of guarantee. I feel like when you have that kind of science backed efficacy, it, it makes it way easier to be like, okay, like I'll, there's, there's some buy-in here. Well, you know, the truth is every guy says the same thing and every woman says the same thing, prove it to me. Yeah. So if you can't prove it to me, and so what we find is people, they come back to us and go, I didn't get bitten at all. If you look at our reviews and we get hundreds of reviews, it's changed my life. I can go outside. And, you know, the thing that's really changed that, you know, people a lot around uh, tick-borne diseases is pets because pets are, dogs are tick taxis are really, really, they carry ticks in and out. They're the ones who are the vectors or the taxi for you to get bitten by ticks, especially at home. And I think part of that is we know you have pets and we know you have horses. And so Bacaritin, the product we use and Permethrin, the product we use, it's safe both around horses and around dogs so that you can spray your dog. If you spray your dog with Bacaritin after being exposed both to ticks, you will, they'll jump right off. They hate it. And Bacaritin acts like pepper. You know, they have ticks and mosquitoes have receptors and it's literally just like getting pepper sprayed and they bounce back. It's a pretty good system. And you know, the idea here that we're all going to have pets and dogs in, in our house, I could tell you don't have a dog. I think it's one thing to tell you can't have a bird feeder. It's another thing to say you can't have a dog in your house. But I go to many shows and I talk to many, many, many people. I mean, thousands of people over the years now. And they all say the same thing. Oh, I've had Lyme disease three times. And I go, do you have a dog? They go, oh, yeah. Does the dog sleep in the bed? Absolutely. Oh, man, that's horrifying. Well, if your dog sleeps in your bed, I mean, the science is if your dog sleeps in your bed, you're going to get bitten by a tick no matter where you live in the country. It's pretty mathematical. But what you don't know is when your dog sits in the back seat of the car with your daughter in her car seat, that that dog is putting a tick on your daughter. And that's what we're trying to help people maneuver through this kind of protecting yourself. You have to take personal protective measures or you will get bitten. That's kind of what we're trying to help people get through. Is it actually something that's safe enough to spray right on your dog? Yeah, absolutely. Huh. The only reason we, we don't, we don't allow, we don't put that on our bottles and is because the EPA doesn't want us to register a product that is for humans, that it's also for animals. We can register a product for animals, but the truth is you can use it. It's fine. 
No, but just don't put it on places where they lick. You know, we don't want them to lick anything. But if you put it on their neck and put it on their on their on their shoulders in the back, it, it really does keep the ticks away. And many guys who are hunters, they spray their dogs with permethrin as well, which is what we spray on our clothing. And we spray our dogs with permethrin all the time in the summer, and it just gives them a kind of a little coat. And it, we use it kind of every two weeks on them, just because it keeps the the ticks and mosquitoes away from them and the flies. Man, that's crazy. One thing I noticed about Ranger Ready, even just in talking, you know, for 20 minutes about it, when I was doing a bit of my research, I, I recognized that there's a lot of purpose behind it. It's a purpose-driven brand. Obviously, the, you know, the reason, the, the hinge for you to jump into this was preventing Lyme disease and insect exchanged illness. How did you develop that purpose drive into Ranger Ready? Is it Was it easy to kind of just bring it with you as you were building the brand was it something that i guess you peppered into the branding after you actually got the product how did that work in it was kind of all of the above you know it's kind of an ongoing if you start out saying hey we're going to make a better bug spray so you better stand up and deliver <laughs> and we've we are delivering on that and then we designed ranger ready for uniform pros so if the guys at spacex who are wearing their uniforms or the guys at you know training or the men and women who are training with the seals or the navy etc or even the police officer who's down in florida protecting the beat down there where she's you know she might be pregnant and she needs to protect herself every day and there's a lot of there's a really wide range of people who wear uniforms all the way down to the guy hanging a telephone pole you know and and so we we really wanted to say does it does it work and so our first mission was don't sell stuff that doesn't work I've tried it before. It's a terrible strategy for longevity. And so, you know, we wanted to make a product that works. So that was our first purpose. And then our second purpose was, look, we can do things better environmentally. We can we can use less bottles. We don't have to use aerosol. We don't have to, we make all of our products locally. I, if I could hit a golf ball that far, the factory's just down the road. We source everything locally that we can. We recycle all of our boxes. We recycle everything that we possibly can. We ship at the least distance. It's pretty... It's built to have a minimum compact by design is what we call it, you know, really tight and, and making sure that we're not wasting things because, you know, frankly, that's the that's been the genesis of it. And then the other part of it is, Matt, we believe that climate change and what is happening, it, it's real. I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you, but ticks and mosquitoes, we know as both scientists and marketers and researchers that ticks and mosquitoes are a leading indicator of what's going to happen. And because of that, we're going to see more West Nile. We're going to see more triple E. We're going to see more Lyme disease. We're going to see more infections go for longer. You're going to see the season last longer. So we realize that it's very similar to the vaccine story, which wasn't here when we began, right? But nobody can make you protect yourself, right? But if you're inhibited because you can't go outside anymore, the game gets changed, because if you can't go, 800 million people can't go to the national forest, to the state parks, or they can't work as police officers outside, or they can't take luggage off a runway, the game gets changed for our grandchildren. And so the first step is to be able to abate the disease so that you can start to have fewer people. We're treating to the tunes of billions and billions of dollars, people with, with vector-borne, more than 2 million people in this country have long-term illness from tick bites. So we'd like to reduce that number significantly. And so that's part of what our mission is, is we have a higher calling in that we think the keeping you outdoors is keeping you healthy. 
And I think, you know, one of your questions is we, you know, I looked in the, in the research doing my research was, you know, what is Ranger Ready? And Ranger Ready is a protector brand. You know, we, right now we're protecting you from ticks and mosquitoes. We develop super premium hand sanitizer to stop you from spraying really good hand sanitizer versus the crud that, you know, smells like tequila, right? Because you're not going to use it. And we're working on other products that are pretty interesting to protect you from other things that, you know, you have been trying to get protected from for us for a long time. And so we built it as a protector brand. And that's the calling that we, that kind of drove us right from the beginning. Right. And many people ask me, you know, how did you get to the name Ranger Ready? And I, I made it up and they kind of, well, that's not a good story. And I go, well, it's the truth. And, you know, it comes from the fact that our first strategy was we know that Rangers are the most trusted authority figures to people. If you put a police officer, a park ranger, you know, a fireman, anybody, I don't, it doesn't matter. Park rangers have more credibility about helping you understand how to protect yourself because their goal is to protect the environment and you. And so that credibility we wanted to transfer. So the first thing we did was think about the most important park ranger we could think of was Smokey the Bear. And then we realized that Smokey the Bear has thousands of ticks on him because every bear is infested <laughs> with ticks. So we bagged the, the Smokey the Bear idea and we came up with Ranger Ready because it was both felt Ranger and it felt ready. And it also felt not military, but it felt strong, felt you know like it could be a brand that would protect people. And we've now, we have many, many moms who use our product, right? So making that brand appealing for women and children and other people who are not, you know, hardcore outdoor army rangers has been one of our biggest opportunities. And it continues to grow because we get lots of moms who put it on their kids. You know, we started out in summer camps, summer camps, kids get bitten all the time. You know, something kind of in line with what you're saying, something like bug spray, I feel like is a product where people will hear some random fact and it'll stick with them. That could be completely not true. Like when it comes to anything that's science and especially chemical based, it's it's a tough thing for to really get people to understand. Well, I, I was going to tell you, I can tell you the truth about bug spray. So if you want to know how it works, you know, I think one of the first things that everybody should realize is anything that smells like a geranium or acts like a, you know, like a botanical or anything like that, that doesn't have a registration on it that says you'll smell good and no mosquito is going to bite you very, very, very limited efficacy. And it, and frankly, it makes you smell good. It distracts their receptors for a few minutes, but they generally come back around pretty quickly. They're not going to protect, they, ticks crawl right over that, right? They don't care any botanical thing they crawl right over. So if you think that you're protecting yourself from a botanical with a botanical, it's not effective. You shouldn't do it. The other part is, is that there's other products out there, like what's called oil of lemon eucalyptus, right? So mm -hmm. that's a product that many people will know. It is, it does have oil of lemon eucalyptus, but it's mainly a synthetic product. It's not just a oil of lemon eucalyptus. And what it is, is it's very oily. So people, what they do is they put it on once and they don't apply it and it tends to absorb very quickly. So you're not protected long enough. You have to reapply often more and more often. And the, the real deception out there is around DEET. You know, the, the problem is people don't understand that 100% DEET is not better than 20% DEET. In fact, the CDC and all of the science and all of the communities around the country and around the world seen about 20% as the highest concentration that you should put of any of the active ingredients into the product. So for example, 20% Picaridin protects you for 12 hours and 20% DEET protects you for eight hours. 100% DEET, all it does is absorb into your skin and you will, all that goes through your kidneys, I hate to tell you. Oh, man. 
And you, there's no, so it, anything over 30% is banned in Canada. Europe is banning anything over 20% in their next round of changes. The United States is the only market who thinks that more DEET is better. It's like put more cheese, more burger, more bun, and it's going to work, but it doesn't work. You don't get more protection. You just get more stuff into your system. And that's what we, why we chose Picaridin because it's literally a better ingredient. And you can put it on more often or less often. You can, it protects you. It's good for kids. It's good for, for anybody like a hunter or fisherman. You could put your fishing rod and not get it ruined. You know, the, the soldiers get bummed out when, when your buddy sprays his bug spray into your scope, that's $30,000. It's gone, you know? And so there's a, there's a lot of, I think, misinformation around bug spray. The truth is you don't have to get bitten. You can use bug spray and not smell bad, not hurt your skin, not hurt your gear. And you just need to use it properly. That's really the behind the truth behind it. How do you fight against that just bad information? And in that same vein, how do you help people understand the difference between, you know, standard crappy bug spray on the market and Ranger ready? Well, you get people's attention, right? One at a time. You you get you convince them to try our product one at a time, and that's now hundreds of thousands of people. So yeah. awesome! And next year we have a really cool spokesman who's going to go out and talk on our behalf to as many people as we can find. One of the biggest pieces of misinformation, Matt, is I hate to call it the weatherman, but the weatherman usually ends up doing the story on bug spray. You know, that soft news story. Well, and the, you know, let's talk today about the bugs in San Antonio or, you know, let's do the morning talk show. And by the way, the mosquitoes are bad. So let me give you the recommendation. Those recommendations are generally what people hear. And they've been written in magazines. We monitor all of this through very sophisticated monitoring. And it's billions and billions of impressions over the last several years of through radio, through digital, through clicks, through Amazon, you know, whatever the way they get their information. And what you find is that that information is incomplete and that we've been seeing the incomplete information for a long time. And a lot of people who profess to be more than the weatherman, they spread that information. So our goal right now is to, is to counter that information on a more public level nationally and internationally, but really, you know, each state at a time, right? So when we work with a state park system, making sure the park rangers, you know, so we teach them at park leadership school, superintendent school, here's how you properly apply repellents. You're a voice, you're a leading voice. So we're teaching the teachers. We, we launched the first and have built the first continuing education program for pharmacists and anybody who, who wants to learn about repellents. So you can get an accredited course, which we built and designed and paid for with Pharmacy Times, that you can, you can go out and learn about repellents. It teaches you how to properly use repellents. If you're a pharmacist, the use of repellents was a half a page in chapter 29 in your third year of pharmacy school or second year of pharmacy school. It's a rounding error. Nobody cared except that you have to give advice at the pharmacy to the people who are trying to protect themselves from the tick bites, they're landing them in the hospital. And so we're breaking that chain by using the professionals if we can. Even to to think about what people buy at a pharmacy, it's kind of mind-blowing that, you know, that's something that people always pick up. It's something that is designed to help prevent really serious illness, you know, Lyme's disease, West Nile, all that. Mm -hmm. And I'm surprised that it took this long to have something like that like a a continuing education, something more specialized for that kind of product? Well, I hate to say it wasn't in the interest of the people selling the bug spray who used to sell the bug spray. 
So now it's in the interest of the consumer that, that the leaders who lead our community and protect us, like nurses and first responders and anybody else, that they actually learn how to use the product uh, properly. And that's our, and our campaign next year is all focused around uniform pros looking at making sure that you protect yourself. It's the concept of putting the mask on, you know, when they tell you in the plane, put the mask on first before you put it on your kid. I'm glad I've never had to do that, but, yeah. you know, I understand it. We, we need to get the people who are the leaders in the outdoor community understanding how it works so that they can protect themselves. And it used to be, you know, you could buy bug spray pretty much anywhere, but most of the product that we're selling is directly to consumers, you know, and talking to them directly. And, you know, we put uh, QR codes on all of our products now so they can get information. We, we published in this year alone, we have 15 full landing pages on how to protect yourself from chiggers, how to wear repellent, how long to wear it, how to use it for your child, you know, who to contact if you are bitten, anything. We have you know, lists of people how to get a tick tested. You know, it's just public information. We, we supply information. And I think part of that is if you do that over the long term, you're doing the right thing long enough, it catches up. Yeah, That's kind of our strategy. It's a little long to wait sometimes, but that's the strategy. It's a stronger one though. I mean, then you get people to have actual real buy-in in what you're doing. Well, and that's the point is, and I, I think one of your questions to me was, you know, how being an entrepreneur and doing this as an entrepreneur and for all the entrepreneurs out there, I'll tell you, I, I actually don't even know how to spell entrepreneur, so it's <laughs> hard, but I'll say that as an entrepreneur, you can learn a lot sitting at your computer and opening your ears. And I've learned a lot from YouTube. I've learned a lot from Google. I've learned a lot from other people's behavior and my competitors. And we have this advantage now looking into the world, anywhere in the world, anytime I can see what's for sale in Taiwan. I can see consumer reviews in Australia. I can just, I can, there's so much data. So as an entrepreneur, I'd say absorb a lot of data and make sure your idea is sound. And the hardest thing about doing this is convincing others that you're right. And we kind of, Ted and I have known that we were right because we saw it was working all over the world. People ask us all the time because it's been working for 30 years. We know it works. And so part of this whole thing is evangelizing people who are like us. And that's the hardest part of an entrepreneur is getting other people to believe your story. And we're getting there. It's coming along, you know, and I think part of it is we have a lot of people who are fans and talk about us in a favorable way. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you build the right product, people will come back, right? Especially for something like bug spray. Well, and you have to have to have good customer care too. You got to care about your customers a lot. And we spend a lot of time, you know, making sure every customer gets every product correctly and shipping on time. And we, as a, as a practice, we ship every single order the same day it arrives. So one of the, that's really hard to do in the summer, you know, those are thousands and thousands of orders and we do it because we know that just you want it faster. And it's part of our strategy of, of customer care, which is deliver the product and make it work. Yeah. So with bug spray, obviously it's a huge outdoor focused thing. I mean, bugs exist outside, right? They do. What is your commitment to sustainability? Is it, is there anything that you do in terms of production or, you know, any kind of initiatives to help preserve the outdoors? Well, I, we started out by not making aluminum cans that end up in landfills. So that was a really big start. And it takes 
a lot more cans out of the market because if you start using aerosol sprays. So that was our first big yeah. move and keeping our supply chain really tight so that we don't have to ship stuff all over the world and components that are made, you know, plastic components that are made in China and then put in a ship and just doesn't, we, we're trying desperately to maintain that from not happening. And we've, we've done a really good job on that. And then the other part is making sure that we live the the world of sustainability every day. So part of that is we're launching on Earth Day. I'm announcing it here first, but on Earth Day, which is in April every year, we we our our company is it's a holiday in our company. So we take Earth Day off because we we it is kind of a holiday, but we go clean up stuff. So we take the day so that everybody can either clean up, clean up in their local community or do something for the earth. And on that day this year, we will launch Ranger Ready's first refills so that you can refill the bottle and even save that bottle again so that you can save the earth and save the bottle and you can use it over again. And it's frankly, Matt, because all of our consumers were asked, many of our consumers were asking for it. So they said, "Be more, I want to even be more environmentally sensitive. So we are building refillable pouches for them that, that allows us to save even three more bottles. So, you know, it's, we live it. It's kind of part of our, part of our strategy. Man, I'm, I'm personally happy to hear that. I have a personal issue with mosquitoes specifically. They love me. I don't love them. They love me. So do you know what blood type you are? A positive. That's bingo. You won the, you won. No, but, really? Yeah. You win oh, a positive God. and a negative. You get to win the, you ring the bell because I'm a negative. And so only worse than a negative is a positive. And there's, you know, there's not a lot of science behind that. There is a lot of science behind the way your blood type is and your breathing and your smell. So sometimes it can be what you eat. Sometimes it's your the amount of heat you throw off. A lot of people, they sense your heat, you know, and ticks are very sensitive to heat, right? So they latch onto anything that has heat. Mosquitoes have to kind of get a little bit more zeroed in with their with their palpillaries. But the, the key here is, is that you can avoid all of that, frankly, in, by wearing repellent because you won't get bitten again. And I'm not trying to make a sale on you, but I'm telling you, I, I developed Ranger Ready because I hate mosquitoes and I hate ticks even more than mosquitoes. And I've been bitten by ticks multiple times. And, you know, we have one of the folks that we work with. I mean, people are dying from being bitten by ticks, right? So here's a scary little tidbit as we wrap things up. But Tick-borne diseases, there's about 17 tick-borne diseases in the U.S. So not every tick carries all the same disease, right? So Lyme disease, which is named after Lyme, Connecticut, is the most common. 30 to 50% of ticks can carry Lyme disease. We have, we have, we're monitoring dogs so we can see where dogs are getting Lyme disease and they, wherever dogs are, humans get it as well. But then there's a variation of diseases that have come through over the last 20 years. And one of them is called alpha-gal syndrome. And if there's anything you hear in this show, I'm not trying to frighten anybody, but this is a really important part of educating people. So alpha-gal is transmitted by the lone star tick. And lone star ticks have a little star on the back of them that you would recognize because they have a little star. They're everywhere. They're in Connecticut. They're not just in Texas, right? And they carry a protein that is able to interact with your blood in a 15-minute bite. And that interaction with that, with that sugar goes into your protein and the two of them mix together. And it makes you severely allergic to red meat. Huh. And it makes you allergic to red meat products. It makes you allergic to anything that even smells like red meat. And I have a friend and, you know, he just told me the story again. I, I recall this story, but he lost one of his best friends. He ate a French fry 
at a fast food joint. And because the fast food joint had put some type of beef or something in that, he ate the French fry. He died calling 911, asphyxiating on the French fry because he had alpha-gal syndrome from a tick that he had been bitten by in the previous months. So, you know, arming yourself with information is interesting. The best thing to do is don't get bitten in the first place, right? And that's the story of this whole brand, which is protect yourself, you know, and especially is, you know, all the folks out there who are in the outdoors. I mean, everybody, we love the outdoors. I love the outdoors and I'm an avid cyclist and I get myself into the woods all the time and do kinds of crazy things that, that we all like to do in the summer, especially in the evening. I, I love to stargaze and you, you get bitten all the time when you do it. So just be mindful this year as you go out this spring and you really think about it. just take a different view on it and just learn. Just pick up and, and ask the questions, you know, how do I protect myself? Man. Yeah. Seriously. Get some, get some ranger ready and, you know, keep them at bay. That's that I've, I've heard a lot of stories like that. You know, people get Lyme disease. They don't even know how they got it. They can't even remember getting bit by a tick. And then they'll end up with like vertigo or like some crazy illness. And for joint, years, a lot of joint illnesses, a lot of people affects their joints, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. And to think that it's like something so minute, something so innocuous that can just come happen and then that's it, man. Well, one bite changes your life. And the same thing with mosquitoes. And I, you know, we started out thinking ticks were very dangerous. And what we've learned is in the US now is mosquitoes are in the same boat. And so you don't want to be bitten by mosquitoes, especially in California and Arizona and places like that. And up in the Western Peninsula in Michigan and those kind of places up not a good spot. And yeah. that's, that's really the hard part is, you know, we, we think mosquito bites are annoyances, you know, but if you're in a, you know, you're trail biking or you're hiking and you slide down a ravine by mistake, you can end up with a dozen ticks on you in seconds, you know, and it's that one bite. It's that one bite that we want to avoid. So that that's why we're trying to not, we want people to go outside we have to go outside. It's part of our nature, you know, but one of the reasons Ranger Ready is doing so well is I'll be very frank with you is we have all these rookie hikers, you know, these rookie outdoors people who don't know that and many of us who've been living outside, you know, they know how to protect themselves and especially the pros, but we had millions of people going on hikes for the first time this year oh, yeah. know, and they don't protect themselves. Yeah. Since pandemic happened, like it, everyone was turning, turning to the outdoors to recreate. Like, I mean, to, enjoy themselves to move around so i mean you're right at the forefront of making sure that people take the first safe step to not mess themselves up for life well we had no idea about the pandemic so that was oh, yeah. a whole different you know that was a whole different level of understanding that we could didn't couldn't forecast you know yeah but i mean i think part of this whole thing for entrepreneurs is if you follow your passion and you really look long enough and i you know i looked all over the world for almost 40 years looking for a product that I could invent and think of. And it started with a better peanut butter and I could invent a thing to, so little boys wouldn't pee on the toilet seat. I've had, I, I have hundreds and hundreds of books and pages of things of stuff I could have invented and should have invented. And I did many things for companies, invented a lot of products. But when I got to the end of the rope, and I hope it comes a lot earlier for many entrepreneurs, especially in the outdoors. But when I got to the end of the line, I looked in my backyard and I realized that ticks and mosquitoes were biting us in my own backyard. And that's where I discovered Ranger Ready was the product that we wanted to invent because it needed to affect us right in our home. And that was the key. That's the key there. It has to affect you. You have to have a passion for it in a way that's, that's going to change your life. Chris, it looks like we are just about out of time, but 
just to, as to put a cap on it, what advice would you give to someone who wanted to start a business? Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, the advice I would say to everybody is, is very simple. It always takes longer than you anticipate, right? It's really hard to convince people to buy me or buy this or buy us. And we're still doing that. We're still raising money by investors and we're still talking to banks to you know help finance our growth and things like that. I still got to tell people how great we are every day. And the other thing is it, it always takes more money than you think it will. Whatever you think that you ought to spend or should spend or could spend or want to spend, it, it takes so much more money than you than you suspect. And the last piece of advice I would give to every entrepreneur is surround yourself with people who are good advisors and give you good advice because you're your worst advisor. I, I generally don't listen to my own advice. I make up a lot of good ideas, I hope, and execute a lot of good ideas, but I don't take advice from myself. And I have advisors do that and outside people who are much smarter than I am, who are vested in our company being successful. And they're, they come from different walks of life. And, you know, I, I have young people in my company who give me lots of really good feedback and I take advice from them as opposed to following my own advice, because your own advice generally isn't the best. I've learned that over time. So those would be the three things I'd say for a good entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial experience. Yeah, those those are fantastic. I I especially like the you know I, I always look at it as I already know what I know. I want to know what other people know too, and where that kind of comes into play. I feel like well, the, the real question, Matt, is what I'm trying to tell them is what I want to see. What what do they think of what I know? Yeah, and that's the hardest thing of an entrepreneur is this is what I know. I want you to believe what I know. It's really hard to sell yourself that way, and that's the hardest step as an entrepreneur. Look who. This lady who just tried to sell blood, you know, the wrong that she's just been convicted of trying to oh, tell people yeah. of stuff that didn't work. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people like that. So really being honest about it and really doing it in a, in a sincere way of a way that is convincing other people through actions and proof. It's not you just convincing them. My mom, I can, I can convince everybody else. <laughs> doesn't trust me. So that's the, that's the hard part of entrepreneurship is, is getting other people to listen to what you know. Yeah. Well, it seems like with, you know, building range already, you finally really got people's attention, especially with something that has the, you know, the serious science behind it. I mean, it's a lifesaver for me personally. I hate mosquitoes. Well, you're going to try it this spring, right? We're going to get you some range ready and get you out there because it's a little wintry out there where you are now, right? Oh, yeah. And you said, uh, oh, I'm not trying to sell you on range ready before I, I had you sold me on it within the first five minutes of talking. Oh, thanks. Like I said, I would avoid i personally would avoid deet because i know that it's just a toxic thing yeah so to kind of i mean even with knowing that i'm kind of sold beyond sold so i'm yeah a little horrified about you know ticks and mosquitoes but even still maybe maybe rightfully so well respect you know, we got to yeah. respect them. And I think that's what we're trying to say is we, we still, we love the outdoors and let's get out there and fish. And when one of the most wonderful time, we call it the leaf peepers in the fall, you know, those oh, guys yeah. coming up to Vermont and New Hampshire, and we love New England in the fall. And, you know, that's when the ticks are still out. So we, you know, we, we try and help people be protected, but we want to do more leaf peeping. I love leaf peeping, you know, walking out and getting on those mountains and trails and looking down on those beautiful leaves that you get in Vermont and New Hampshire. So oh, yeah. yeah, that's what I want to do. Yeah, me too. I get, it's coming up soon. Years go by quick, but they do. Yeah. Hey, Matt, thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. You guys, I'm wishing you guys as much luck as you can find. And I guess I'll see you out, outdoors on the Ready Yeti. Oh, path. 
Oh yeah, hundred percent. And for anyone who's interested in finding out more about Ranger Ready, want to pick up some bug spray of their own, where's the best place for them to head? You know, go to rangerready.com. And if you're an Amazon Prime consumer, just push Prime and it shows up the next day. So either place is fine. And you can go down to your local grocery store. We're actually growing in places like Albertsons and across other big, larger chains that are, you'll start to see Ranger Ready in more places than, than you have in the past. All right, Chris, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Take care. Be safe. You too. Whew, we made it. Thank you again for tuning in to this week's episode of Built on Passion. Hope you learned something. Hope you maybe grew as a person. Maybe you have a new entrepreneurial idea. Maybe all of the above. Maybe you got a new perspective on your favorite hobby or favorite piece of gear and you just you fell in love all over again. I'm hoping for the last one. That last one actually sounds pretty good. I'm going to ask one last time for the people in the back. Please leave a review. It is super helpful and a great way to show your support of the show. And if you know someone who might be interested in this episode specifically, share it to them. And all joking aside, thank you for everything, for supporting what we're doing. In any event, that's it for now. I will see you next week on another episode of Built on Passion. <laughs>